0: On this Friday, June 16th, the Catholic Church celebrates the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Archbishop Timothy Broglio of the Archdiocese of the Military Services for the United States of America and President of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York, Chairman of the USCCB's Committee for Religious Liberty, joined by Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles, have called on Catholics to pray the litany of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and make an act of reparation, an act offered to the Lord with the intention of repairing the spiritual damage inflicted by sin. The call for Catholics everywhere to join in this effort states, Catholic Christians traditionally recognize June as the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. During this time, we call to mind Christ's love for us, which is visible in a special way in the image of his pierced heart and we pray that our own hearts might be conformed to his calling us to love and respect all his people this year on june 16th the day of the solemnity of the sacred heart of jesus a professional baseball team has shockingly chosen to honor a group whose lewdness and vulgarity in mocking our lord his mother and consecrated women cannot be overstated this is not just offensive and painful to Christians everywhere. It is blasphemy. It has been heartening to see so many faithful Catholics and others of goodwill stand up to say that what this group does is wrong, and it is wrong to honor them. We call on Catholics to pray the Litany of the Sacred Heart on June 16th, offering this prayer as an act of reparation for the blasphemies against our Lord we see in our culture today. Please join in this effort to pray this act of consecration to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and share this information with people everywhere. God bless and strengthen you. Everybody, this is a U.S. Grace Force podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman, and tonight we've got Ralph Martin, a man who has been in this field of evangelization for a long time. You've been Renewal doing ministry, right? yeah. yeah. So we've got some great information. This is a great title. This is based on something you just did recently. Uh, so we're going to get into it in just a bit here. But before we do, everybody, we want to start with prayer, Father Heilman.
1: Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name Mm -hmm. of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Wonderful. Thank you very much, Father. And thanks to all of you out there who support the U.S. Grace Forest podcast every week. We just can't tell you enough what it means to us that you are out there praying for us, encouraging us, and supporting us in many different ways. And for those of you who support us at the Patreon program, thank you for that financial contribution. That is a big help to us. If there's anybody out there who, for any reason, wants to support us financially, you can click the link in the description below. Join the Patreon team, and that helps us continue to get this message out to as many people as we can. And we want to do that very thing with the amount of time we have left and all the resources God gives us. We want to get this message out to help as many people as possible. And don't forget to like and subscribe and spread this information to others. You know, uh, this is something we started oh, going on four years. Coming up at the end of August here will be four years. Father, is that four years coming up really?
1: Yeah, I think it's August fifth. Uh, yeah, it's uh, because that's the feast of Maximilian Kolbe. Oh, oh yeah, no, fourteenth August fourteenth. August fourteenth, yeah. feast of Maximilian Kolbe.
0: Incredible, incredible. Yeah. Uh, so four years of podcast coming up soon. Um, and you know, Father's been a priest for over thirty years. I've been doing evangelization for thirty three years. But Ralph Martin, our guest tonight. I don't know, Ralph. You've been doing this since like nineteen oh three, I think. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, good to have you. Oh, Great to have you on it's board. An honor
2: to have you. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Well, it's it's good to be here. My my friend and colleague Peter Herbeck was, I think, with you not a long time ago. Yeah, really enjoyed his time with you and uh, all that. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, just a brief background, if you could, for the audience, for anybody who might not have heard of you, you. Your name is pretty synonymous with evangelization out there. You've been all over. I bumped into you many, many years ago at a conference. Um, we were both speaking at it there, and and I think I was doing the Passion Meditation with my friend Eric Jenis, and I, and I, you were at the same conference, but. But I'm just always enamored by the type of work you've been doing. Can you give us just a little background for the audience?
2: Yeah, well, you know, without going into the history of it, what I'm doing right now is I'm teaching theology at Sacred Heart Seminary in the Archdiocese of Detroit. I'm director of our graduate theology programs in New Evangelization, but I'm also a president of Renewal Ministries, and uh, we've been going, I don't know, I guess 40-something years, and uh wow Preach the gospel uh, uh we have the weekly TV program the choices we face which is the longest weekly program on ewtm we have two daily Catholic radio programs uh we work in about 30 or 40 countries depending on the year trying to strengthen the Catholic Church in those countries during covid we started a YouTube channel and we've gone from 7 thousand to 71 thousand subscribers nice. and, all. and And that's like almost our favorite thing right now. Just sort of like being in a timely way just to speak God's word, I guess is what. Yeah.
0: Well, and and we'll have a link in the description for anybody who wants to check out your YouTube channel. Encourage everybody to go out and subscribe and be part of this. Uh, You know, you definitely have that that experience. Uh, And this is an amazing title. And this comes from a message that you just put out recently on your YouTube channel uh can you just break it down if you can ralph why this this title why this subject well
2: because it's in the bible <laughs> well, that's good Let's start and, yeah i love it and and it's what peter said yep. when he was preaching after pentecost and people yeah. notice it So yep. you know, first of all peter says you know what you're seeing and hearing is the Messiah, you know, you killed him and now he's been raised from the dead. He's the right hand of the father. And what you see in here is he's pouring out the Holy Spirit. And so people say they were cut to the heart yeah. and then they say, what shall we do? So that's like anointed powerful preaching that convicts people. And, and Peter said, be baptized every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus. And you too will receive this gift of the Holy Spirit because it's for you, it's for your children. It's for everybody that God is drawing to himself And then he exhorted them with many words afterwards saying, save yourselves from this wicked generation. So part of the important post-Pentecostal message of Peter, besides preaching the charisma, it was an exhortation that you've got to actually make a break with the culture around you. You've got to start living a new way of life. You've got to not only change your mind and heart, not only into relationship with Jesus, but you've got to. Break with what everybody's doing and live a new way of life and these days catholics need that message because catholics are intermingled with a culture that's departing from the lord and we've been lulled to sleep because for so many years there's been a harmony between american culture that basically respected religion but now not all the levers of power in the hands of people are hostile to christ and the church and catholics need to wake up and they need to make a break. They need to make a decision. They need to decide who they're going to believe, who they're going to follow, how they're going to live. And that's pretty pretty important. So that's why I did the YouTube video on that. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Ralph, I'd like to get your opinion on this because um here's where I'm at. Is, is that save yourself from this wicked generation. Well, we could go into a, a plan and we could, you know, uh do steps and all that stuff. So, no, it, 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 what happened on Pentecost was amazing, and they they were struck with awe and wonder, as to you know, first of all, the, the 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 Holy Spirit coming down on them, and then they're listening to them in their own language. You know, we've we've all heard that story, and uh, but then the signs and wonders, okay, that occurred during that time, and again they were they were struck with awe and wonder. And and th- that chapter in, in Acts also ends with, and their numbers were, uh, were added greatly. Uh, and mm-hmm. we look back on on the early Christian days and saw that it was just like an explosion, a boom, mm-hmm. of of Christianity. But why? And here's here's what I'm getting at, and I love your opinion on this. Is is that they were encountering. The supernatural power of God. Yeah, and they were literally right before their eyes. They were seeing miracles. They were seeing signs in the sky. They were seeing all of this. And uh, and and again, here's my deal: is that we need to recover that. I think we've we've lost that. And and I, I, I we we need to entrench ourselves in the Word of God because yes, that's where we find truth. That's where that's where we find direction. The way, right? The way. Uh, by doing that. But I, I almost feel like, among many other things, what we've done in the last few years, it's been the Word, 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 the Word. W- but w- we haven't we haven't done our best to help people to be predisposed to the gift of the Holy Spirit in the sense of, again, encountering the supernatural power of God. And so, and, and I'm just going to end with this, and I'd love your opinion again, but um we... Uh, I'm I'm one of those that's uh in the school of thought that that Satan was given a hundred years and I think uh, it just came up and just three four years ago um and but he did quite a job and his primary method was to take us out of this sense of the supernatural the sense of awe and wonder the sense of the miracle power of God mm. uh, and to and to put us into um I don't know a study course or whatever I you know yeah uh, yeah yeah. and so uh, where do we need to go Ralph or what what do you think about what I said
2: first and then where do we need to go well I I think it's true I think you know I I often think of Luke chapter 24 just before Jesus ascends to his father Jesus one more time explains the scriptures to them he kind of like explains how it all points to him and then he says you know, you're going to go and preach in my name, repentance for the forgiveness of sins, to the four corners of the world. Right, but don't do it. Wait, because you need to receive power from exactly. And so, uh, the the difference between the disciples before and after Pentecost is yes. very relevant for the church today. Because, you know, the disciples had the best scripture scholarship anybody ever had. You know, they were the best Bible study anybody ever was in. Yep jesus told them what the scriptures meant because he inspired the scriptures and then they had the best pastoral supervision anybody ever had Uh, they they had the best spiritual direction anybody ever had yes and still they didn't get it right in acts chapter one when jesus is ascending to the father they're saying wait a second jesus when are you going to kick out the romans when are we going to take over jerusalem they're still not getting it (laughs) even after 40 days of resurrection appearances so jesus says stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high right, and right, right. then you'll be my witnesses yes. they had they, the door was locked they were still afraid yes and so and so the catholic church says is very much like the disciples before pentecost they they've got a lot of teaching although that's kind of disappeared for many people to tell you the truth and 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 most people are not obeying Jesus about preaching repentance for forgiveness of sins. I think there's hardly any preaching about repentance for forgiveness of sins. Yeah. But the key thing here is you need to be clothed with power from on high. Yes. So orthodoxy is not enough. You know, correct liturgy is not enough. Yes. There's something different. It's called power. It's called the energy of the Holy yes. Spirit. Yes. And however you get it, you got to get it. You know, uh there's lots of renewal movements now that are helping people. Right. believe that the power of the holy spirit is available and to and, uh, really connect with it and so I, I totally agree with you father that you know we can't have a new evangelization until we have a new pentecost you know exactly. we really need, we really need energy we need a fire to be ignited in people's hearts i mean people aren't going to evangelize because documents are being published about it people are going to evangelize because Christ is birthed in their hearts and a, and a fire is ignited in their hearts that they want to tell other people That's about Jesus because they're now convinced about who he is.
0: Yep. Ralph, in your opinion what is uh, what is the like if you could say a three-step uh, program uh, something simple for all of us you know what what steps have to be taken because I agree. I mean study programs and documents and and you know a new statement on this and that doesn't necessarily change the heart. I mean, I know everything may have its place, but ultimately the individual person has to say, I'm open to this, I, I will cooperate of my own free will. But what steps do you feel? And in all the years you've done this this work to, to, to try to help souls you know, understand this, what steps do you think need to be taken for the, each of us in order to really be in that position to have a hearts open to that supernatural power?
2: Well, I think people really have to decide who they believe, who they're going to follow. And they have to answer the question for themselves that Jesus asked us, who do you say he is? And quite honestly, I look back to my own experience of having to answer that question. I was a senior at the University of Notre Dame. And I was drifting away from the church. I was caught up in the confusion of the sixties. And I, I was pretty much harassed into making a curcio, which is a renewal movement in the church. And, I was very skeptical I was a philosophy major I said I'm not going to fall for this and uh thanks be to God I fell for it but what I fell for is that they were talking about Jesus at a certain point I felt like he was present in the room and mm-hmm. I didn't hear any voices I didn't see any visions but I knew he was there and I knew that he knew that I knew he was there <laughs> and I knew that I had to make some kind of response I had to decide who he is and what that means for me and for a while I started to bargain with the Lord like Lord I'll come back to church if you let me do this that and the other thing continue with my plans but I, I I knew you couldn't bargain with Jesus eventually and I I knew he wasn't just asking me to come back to church I I think he was asking me for unconditional surrender right you know he was asking me to actually write him a blank check and let him fill in the amount just right. open my whole life to him and uh, thanks be to God, I had the grace to swallow my pride and go to confession on the, the very last day of the curse of evil. And uh, I think that's the most important decision I've ever made in my life. And I think that's the decision that Catholics need to make. Mm. Because if Jesus is the Lord, the only sensible response to make to him is total surrender. Right. And I think the only way Catholics are going to survive in the coming days is not by cultural Catholicism or sentimental attachment to Jesus, but out of a deep personal loyalty yes. to Jesus yeah. you know deep personal loyalty to who he is and persecution's coming and uh you know Jesus says don't be afraid of those who can kill the body but rather be afraid of those who can kill body and soul in hell mm-hmm. I think a lot of Catholics aren't prepared they need to get prepared yes. by entering into a deeper personal relationship with Jesus and really paying attention to him and believing what he says and following his instructions. so the word and the spirit go together you know right. and I I do feel like most Catholics need to recover their understanding of sacred scripture uh, as inspired and errant word of God, you know, and really, really obeying it, being formed by a word. But I'm I'm talking
0: too much. No, no, no. That's that's awesome. I mean, just the heart's got to be open. How old were you when that event took place for you? 21. 21.
1: Nice. Yeah. You know, Ralph, as as I was listening to you too, I was thinking about for me. You know, there the, there was the Pentecost renewal movement, and for in our area, it was it kind of erupted in the '90s, and um, and it was amazing. Um, so that was part of my my formation, if you will, in my priesthood. But it, when I when I uh, got to this parish and I decided to get the men together because the men have been uh, abandoned. Yeah, I felt yeah, and and uh, and what we decided to do was do a holy hour of adoration, and we ended up having a men's scola uh, just unbelievable. I mean, and they did all this polyphony and just beautiful stuff, and we put all this beautiful candles in the sanctuary. I mean, we were trying our best to offer just uh, sacred beauty, sacred reverence uh, as, as much as we could. What happened was. Is especially young men in their twenties started to hear about it and came, and uh, what happened, and and this is what this is what I have to say too about the Bible studies and all that stuff, is that uh, they had that experience of the Holy Spirit come over them during that time. You know, you had the knights kneeling before you know their King Jesus together and all the sacred beauty that surrounded them. Uh, they were caught up, and and what happened was, and, and here's what I think the key is, and I'd love your opinion on this too, Ralph, but um, we helped them. We get predisposed to receive what God wants to give them. And then these guys, they would tell their stories. These were agnostics. They had abandoned their faith years ago. And all of a sudden, here's what happened. You talk about Bible studies and, and all that. They had a hunger for it. Mm-hmm. They all of a sudden c- couldn't get enough. I mean, we ended up having a, an extra night uh, during the month where I had them over to the rectory, whoever wanted to come. And a, a big uh, thing that was popular at the time was guys smoking pipes and stuff. So we we called it Pipes <laughs> and Pints uh, and nobody got drunk. We had one or two beers together, but we laughed and we had fellowship. Mm-hmm. But
2: these guys were- You did pipes just... with Aquinas before Matt Fred did. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but these guys were talking about—I mean, just talking—hundred um, uh, miles an hour about scripture. But these—they were actually reading encyclicals now. I mean, mm-hmm. they couldn't get enough. They, yeah. they were so hungry. And uh, the, to me, that's again what I feel is is so necessary: is we have to help people to open the, their their soul to receive the power, and then they're transformed. Now they love the Lord. Yeah. And they want to do His will, and they want to know Him more. Yeah. Now they can't get enough of Scripture and even encyclicals, yeah. and they were reading the Catechism, the Catholic—I mean, anything they could get their hands on. Yeah. Uh, during that time, uh, so Ralph, you know, you've you've had your own lived experiences. I mean, have you had those times where you know all of a sudden people—and I like to say—tore through the veil into the divine life, yeah. and they were changed because of that.
2: Oh yeah. All the time. That's what, that's what we're about. Uh, Right. You know, uh, I, I would say the morning of the time of the Curcio where I repented and went to confession and really surrendered to the Lord, something happened at the very end of the Curcio. I just all of a sudden experienced the kind of the love of God flooding into my soul, you know, the Holy Spirit being poured into my soul and, and this fire got ignited and, at the end of the Curcio, they let you say something about what you experienced. I remember what I said. I said, I want to spend the rest of my life knowing and loving Jesus and helping other people know and love him. Many There's many ways in which people come to this. You just described mm-hmm. one way. I came through the Curcio movement. Right. Others come through the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Some are now coming through Alpha. Some are coming through Christ life. Some are coming through divine renovation. Right. Some are coming through Ignatian retreats. But... Yes, people need to be in situations that invite them to encounter the Lord, to know the Lord. So if something gets a birth in their hearts, and it's very hard to be interested in the teachings of Jesus unless you know who Jesus is. Right,
0: right. What stories do you have that really stand out that can give people hope as you've experienced others, you know, finding this moment, this this um This metanoia where all of a sudden they realized, I've got to turn away from this wicked generation. Did anything stand out to you? Because there are a lot of people out there right now you know. I mean, I I would give talk after talk at parishes and conferences. People would come to the table, and a lot of times it were parents concerned about their kids who had left the faith.
2: Yeah. Well, that's one of the big tragedies right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I just came back from St. Vincent's Arch Abbey in the Pennsylvania doing some talks for uh, some of the monks and the Oblates and so many people talk to me about their children you know mm-hmm. people who picked me up from the airport people who drove me home from, uh, back to the airport uh, one of the main prayer requests we get at renewal ministries is my kids have left the faith and a lot of times they'll say we sent them to Catholic schools we sacrificed mm-hmm. for them we mm-hmm. sent them to Catholic education the person that I was driving with in the car this morning coming back from going to the Pittsburgh airport told me that his son went to a Catholic college and uh it's a very famous Catholic University and got told by his scripture professor that you shouldn't really believe the scriptures and and he lost his faith at this famous Catholic University so it's it's I I did a YouTube video saying what's happening to our young people and you know parents need to examine their conscience Mm. what 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 values do they hold up to their children you know were they mainly concerned about passing on to their children getting a good job making a lot of money you know getting into a prestigious University or was the faith the most important thing some parents it was the faith was the most important thing and what failed them was leadership in the church uh for for the last 40 or 50 years bishops and priests have allowed false teachers and false prophets to undermine the faith of millions and millions of catholics and we're very concerned about the clergy sex abuse can uh, scandal but there's been an incredible abuse uh you know pope benedict called it the catastrophic failure of catechesis well my goodness will somebody please take responsibility for that will mm-hmm. somebody please repent for that will somebody please face the reality of what happened there How many millions of souls were encouraged on the broad way that leads to destruction? So I I just feel like, uh, you know, I think the prophet Jeremiah, prophet Jeremiah says, your sons and daughters are going to be taken into captivity because you haven't kept the covenant, you know, and they're not going to be around to lift the tent pegs for you. And I, I feel like there's some judgment of God that's come on the Catholic church because we, we haven't been zealous for the holiness of God's house we we the shepherds have been like mute dogs that didn't bark when when the wolves were devastating the flock Mm. so we we have a really serious situation and all of us bear some degree of responsibility Some much more than others but uh a lot of us have communicated worldliness to our children and and haven't communicated the the reality of Christ although others have and Children are free and they'll choose to do what they will. But a lot of times they've heard things in parishes and Catholic schools that says, no, nah, the church has got to change with its times. You know, Pope Francis is changing things. You know, you the know, church is hung up with sexual morality. we got to, you know, accustom ourselves and accommodate to the culture. You hear that even from Rome sometimes. So we got a bad situation. The hope is, is that Jesus is the Lord. The hope is, is that there's nothing happening today that isn't happening under the providence of God. That God has permitted the incredibly bad things that are happening in our culture. God is permitting confusion and disunity in the church because he's got a plan to bring good out of it. And people do ask me, do you ever get discouraged? I don't, because I know that Jesus is Lord and I know he's got a plan. And I know that if people turn to him uh, and don't give up hope and continue... Like Mary said of Fatima, I see, I see the statue of Lady Fatima right behind you, Doug. Like Mary said of Fatima, so many souls are going to hell because so few people are praying and offering sacrifice right. parents need to start offering sacrifice as well as praying for their children. They need to put some flesh in the game. They need to really be serious about their intercession and add fasting to it and add sacrifice to it.
1: Boy Ralph, you're so right. You know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of people I know, and some that are close to me and I I and they've been swept up by the corrupt generation. you know it's it, we know that that uh, the corrupt generation owns and operates all all the uh, vehicles of power and influence right yeah. now. Yeah. so it's so easy for them to be swept up. but the thing I lament about is what you were talking about is I look back on their experience growing up in the Catholic Church and knowing, that some of the Catholic churches—I would go with the vast majority—are really safe spaces for the worldly, where yeah. you know they, they, they're, they're not being challenged right. in, their, in their thoughts. Uh, now they might not be putting rainbow flags on the altar or anything like that, but they're just not barking back of the lies and the manipulation that's going on right, right now. And I've watched these people come into adulthood. And they're just totally, uh, 100% caught up in the wicked generation, the corrupt generation that, yeah. that we're in right now. To the point where I, I've seen some that I know where they, they start, you know, t- talking about God as being, you know, some kind of Martian in space or something. Uh, they're lost. They're just completely yeah. lost. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, for, especially my family members, some one of the things that I did is I I made my my, my prayer space. I, it's a private chapel. And, but anybody's can have a prayer space in their house. But I put up all the pictures of my family members. And I yeah, started exactly what you talked about there, Ralph. Uh, prayer, but with sacrifice added to it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, mostly in the form of fasting. But but other ways yeah. i found, too. No, you're laboring for the salvation yeah. of your
2: family members. So that's what Catholics have to rise up and start doing. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that would that be then the advice you would give to people who have watched family members, whether it's cousins or nieces and nephews or whatever? Um, yeah
2: yeah one one examine your conscience have 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 you kind of been complicit in some way in this happening right have have you given into emotional manipulation where somebody says of course you're going to accept my partner of course you're going to love us and the church is a welcoming inclusive place and have we kind of gone along with emotional manipulation and haven't done the tough love thing which saying look I love you but what you're doing i can't agree is going to lead you to happiness in this life and it's endangering your eternal salvation and being willing to take the pain right of, of rejection for a while or uh, mockery for a while all the time never stop loving never stop opening the door uh looking for opportunities to say a word but mainly the prayer and fasting and uh so yeah so first examining our conscience but then Really, really going into the prayer. and and
1: The tough love is is so important.
2: Yeah. Well, Uh, I mean, this is affecting priests and bishops too. You know, I mean, like, you know, the pressure of the culture is so great that lots of priests and bishops won't talk about the things that they most need to talk about, that the people most being corrupted by. You know, the point of the sphere, the culture coming against the church is against marriage and the family.
1: And and here's the deal, Ralph, is that that they'll accuse all priests or whatever – of being divisive if they do right. talk about this thing <laughs> yes, and the yeah. reality is is that they're allowing division to, to occur yeah you know, we should be united under the banner of truth in the in the right. cross of jesus christ yeah, that's absolutely. the place where we all need to be united but if but if you're there you're an extremist you're a, you're a fanatical and you're dividing everybody if you do hate it speech. it's just it's,
2: it's, it's unbelievable what's going on right now yeah they're calling love speech hate speech well you know Look at Luke chapter 2, where Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus to present him at the temple. And uh, two of my favorite saints right now, Simeon and Anna, coming into the temple, moved by the Holy Spirit. And Simeon takes the baby Jesus in his arms and prophesies, this child will be a sign of contradiction. Right. He'll be the cause for the rise and the fall of many in Israel. Right. Right. He'll reveal the secrets of hearts, and Mary, a sword will pierce your heart. Now this goes along with the whole gospel. This is a, this is right. this is proclaiming what's going to happen to Jesus. Some are going to respond to Jesus and be saved, and some are going to reject Jesus and be lost. Some are going to rise, some are going to fall, and we're not willing to accept that. And that's why the gospel's not being preached. If you preach the gospel, it's going to cause division. Not because the Lord wants there to be division but the only way there can be salvation and unity is around the person of Jesus and around his truth. The only those the only people who are going to rise from the dead to glory are those who are part of Christ's body. And and we got to tell people the truth, you know. God, you know, uh everybody doesn't get a trophy at the end. You know, we're we're avoiding consequences. We don't want to talk about the consequences. And the gospel's full of the consequences of not believing and not repenting.
0: Yeah. I I'm curious. We've got a lot of uh, church approved messages Our blessed mother in particular in the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. And I'm always speaking to church approved because it's just the safest yeah. way to go. Yeah, right. And our lady has made clear that the world is not in great shape to put it mildly. There's an urgent call, not anxiety ridden, but an urgent call for conversion. Right. And she's made it abundantly clear, for example, such as praying the rosary and fasting and sacrifice yeah. and such, but this piece of repentance um, the the prophecies of chastisements, you know, we've got this kind of running thing on the podcast here that comets are coming, uh, in some way, shape, or form. You know, God's going to deliver something to the world to wake us up, as a loving Father would do. But Ralph, could you mention or talk a bit about? what repentance really needs to look like based on scripture and the church's teaching and what our Lord has made clear and how necessary, how important is it that we all understand that we are part of it in some way, shape or form?
2: Yeah. Well, I think of John the Baptist uh, talking about the Pharisees who are coming out to get baptized to kind of win favor with the people and, and other people who are doing the same thing. And he said, let you make sure you bear the fruits of repentance stop cheating stop lying change your life and for repentance for turning back turning to christ means you got to change your whole world view. you got to change what you think about almost everything you got to reorder your values you got to uh put your loves in order you got to put your fears in order you got to put your joys in order hmm. like jesus you know the apostles came back to jesus one day saying wow we cast out demons Jesus says, don't rejoice about that. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Mm. you got to reorder your priorities. The bottom line is, if you die in friendship with Christ, you're going to live forever. If you don't, you're going to be separated forever. Or when Jesus says, don't fear those who can kill the body, but rather kill those who can kill the soul. That's mm. that's a big change for people, because most people, are their whole life is oriented around fear of dying. Hebrews chapter 2, uh, uh, Paul says, you know, The devil used the fear of death to keep people as slaves a whole life long. And Jesus came not just to overcome death, but overcome the fear of death. And one of the things that's holding people back from preaching, from praying, from rejoicing, from giving, from, you know, from generosity uh, is the fear of death. And Jesus wants to free us from the fear of death. And he does that by saying, speaking to us, looking us in the eye, saying, if you believe in me, even if you die, you're going to live forever. You know or you know i'm the bread of life you know and he believes he's going to have eternal life where scripture mm-hmm. says those who have the son have life those who don't have the son don't have life you know we got to preach the gospel we got to tell people the truth All
1: right. mm. i i uh, the one of the great messages i think and especially in our times that people need to hear is about the mercy of god mm-hmm. you know when i started the men's ministry we call us ourselves the knights of divine mercy yeah, and, uh, Because why? Because the corrupt generation, the wicked generation, will look back at something you did when you were 14 or 22 and and write you off. Because yeah. look what you did. That's who you are based on what you did back then. And what Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Listen, come to me, repent, all right? and And receive the mercy that I want to give you. And you're starting brand new. You're mm-hmm. a brand new child today. And mm-hmm. we are holding nothing against you. And I've always found, and I think you guys have found this too, that some of the most saintly people I've ever experienced in my life were people that had a horrible past, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Names are coming to my mind of people that are well-known. But uh, but the, the mercy of God to be able to say, okay. And that's something too that that with that men's ministry that I had that I really stressed with guys. And, I, you know, I think some of them might have had a, 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 a bad past and were thinking, I'm done. God doesn't want me, you know, and, and yet... He appeared to Mary Magdalene first when he arose from the dead. You know, yeah. I mean, I think he was trying to send a message right there that yeah. uh, you know it, it, your checkered past has nothing to do with who you are today. Under the the power of grace and the mercy that I'm extending to you, this is a time to start fresh and let's do this thing. And yeah. so many people have embraced that 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 call to receive the mercy of God and to start as a brand new person and have gone on to be some of the greatest saints uh, in the church. Would you agree, Ralph?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, divine mercy is one of the one of the amazing ways in which the Lord is reaching out to the human race. And the main point of divine mercy is like the greatest of sinners is most entitled to the mercy of God. Nobody should hesitate to come. Yes. Nobody's mm-hmm. done the, the worst sins or whatever. Mercy's available. But the devil has used that to bring about a presumption on God's mercy in people's lives sure and there's lots of stuff that Jesus said to Saint Faustina that need to be part of the message where Jesus tells Saint Faustina so many souls are perishing because they're not availing themselves of my of my mercy right or Jesus in section 741 of our diary sends an angel to give her a tour of hell and he tells her to write it down so that nobody can say that nobody's there and nobody can say what it's like you know and it's just uh mary says you need to speak about this uh and and if you don't you're going to be liable for many souls you know so the mercy is the primary message but unless people respond to mercy with faith and repentance uh the mercy doesn't become effective in their life yep every time jesus shows mercy in the gospels he expects people to stop sinning right a woman caught in adultery I'm not going to condemn you, but go and sin no more.
1: Right.
2: The uh, John chapter 5, the man who's gotten healed after 38 years, Jesus seeks him out and says, stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. Mm-hmm. Prodigal son, uh, unless the prodigal son turned back to the father, unless the yeah. prodigal son changed his direction, unless he rehearsed his repentance and forgiveness and, and headed home, uh, the father's mercy couldn't be effective. So divine mercy is so important, but... The old devil has, has led people to presume on God's mercy. God's so merciful. Nobody will be lost. Not true. God's so merciful. He doesn't want anybody to be lost, but you have to respond to mercy. You have to admit you need mercy. You have to repent and and accept the forgiveness of mercy's offering.
1: I always saw, like say the the prodigal son came home, but he didn't bring the prostitutes with him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. No, he went home and he, and he went by the house rules and, and, uh, and yeah. began fresh began, yeah, began cool. <laughs> and then and then i love that scene too because then the father goes hey we're having a party yeah. and and then the and the older brother comes along and says no no we gotta hold his son against him you know but <laughs> in yeah. so many words you know right, and right no that's not how it works
0: so yeah yeah ralph Wait, uh go ahead. Oh, go ahead Ralph. no no ahead. no no
2: you don't really yeah
0: yeah, you know, I, I was just gonna say that you we talk about about the mercy of God and the times that we're in and saving ourselves from the wicked generation. And I mean, how would you sum up this message about saving yourselves from the wicked generation? If you could give the audience again, just kind of like that. We know we got to repent, we know we got to turn our hearts. The time is serious, though. You, you I know are seeing the signs of the times. I mean, they're written so clearly in so many different areas. We don't know the time of anything. Obviously, it's all in God's, in God's uh, mm-hmm. doing. But with things ramping up like they are, and so many spiritually minded, faithful, prayerful people getting that kind of gut feeling, that supernatural gut feeling that we're, we're, we're due for something. If you want to put it in those terms, what's your kind of your take on that, and also how? Urgent, and I, I always want to say to the audience: the difference between urgency and anxiety is that anxiety brings you to that kind of wringing of the hands, almost fear. You can be paralyzed, you can worry excessively. Mm-hmm. But urgency, I think of you know, there's a, there's a call to the fire department or, or EMTs. They urgently move, but they're well trained and they know what to do. And because of that, they can accomplish the mission of what needs to be done. And so the urgency is not the same as anxiety. So when heaven says that the time is urgent through our lady in particular, and the fact that the divine mercy devotion is given to the world for this time with that sense of urgency, Ralph, your take on the times that we're in the signs of the times, I mean, what's going on like the LA Dodgers and that, that group out there. I mean, it's just, things are just, unbelievably off the rails it seems right now what are your thoughts on all that
2: well i could say a lot about that but what what i feel like the holy spirit showing me right now is that (laughs) whatever happening in the world or in the church it's always urgent that people repent and believe Mm, that's and i really think that um one of the greatest deceptions in the church today is uh the virus of universalism worse worse than COVID. It's the virus that presupposes that everybody's on their way to heaven mm-hmm. if I were to describe how many Catholics look at the world today I describe it like this broader and wide is the way that leads to heaven almost everybody's going that way narrows the door that leads to hell or that anybody's going that way and and this is a little disturbing because honestly this is how most Catholics look at it today it's just the opposite of something that Jesus says Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 Broad and wide is the way that leads to destruction, and many are heading that way. Narrow is the door that leads to life, and difficult the road, and few there are who are finding it. And what we're talking about is people's eternal destiny. So it's always an urgent time for every human being, no matter what time in history we're living in, they're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. They're going to be judged on their response to divine grace. They're going to be responding. And people need to get right with God before they die. You know whether we're alive when the lord comes again or chastisement comes again everybody's going to die at some point you know whether right. before or after big events you know and they got to get ready they're going to appear before the judgment seat of christ so it's always a time for urgency And i like your distinction between urgency and anxiety you know paul says like the 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 love of god urges me mm. woe to me if i don't preach the gospel people's mm. eternal salvation are at stake i mean we gotta be driven by concern for people's salvation, which is love. Right.
1: Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Our our time is up. Uh, what a, a blessing to have you with us. Yeah. And uh I pray everybody that that watched today uh received what the Lord wanted to give them. Uh let's pray for a Holy Spirit revival, mm-hmm. right? Amen. Okay, I'll end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm. Ralph, thanks so much.
0: Thank you so much,
2: Ralph. Great. Thank you for letting me preach the gospel. That's right. preach it. Yes. Thank you.